Welcome to our third episode in our GNFY series, our Good News For You series. Uh, we're delighted to have you with us. So thank you so much for making this podcast part of your day today. Matthew, there's a lot of disappointment, a lot of empty promises, and a lot of sadness in the world. I'm looking forward to our discussion today about a joy that lasts forever. I'm glad you're looking forward to it. Do you like having things to look forward to, Mike? I suppose I do, yes. Uh, a great deal, actually. Christmas especially. Well, we all do. I, I actually have some friends who long ago surprised their children with a March break trip to Disney World. So the parents had this plan. The kids knew nothing about it. The night before they left, the parents packed their bags. They woke them up early in the morning, told the kids they're going to the airport, they're heading to Disney World. So the kids were were shocked. They had no idea this was coming. Now, I think that's pretty cool. I like arranging surprises too. Yeah. Didn't you arrange a surprise birthday party for Esther last fall, Matthew? I sure did. And it was, it was a bit stressful pulling that off, but with much help from our children and friends, we did. However, the downside of arranging a surprise is that the people being surprised miss out on the joy of anticipation. They don't know that there's anything to look forward to. So those children who got the surprise of their lives in that trip to Disney, I don't think they have any regrets, mind you. I'm not saying they should. I'm just pointing out one thing they didn't get was the excitement of looking forward to it. That's part of the joys of our holidays often, actually. It's something that we have to look forward to. You know, one of the wonderful things about being a Christian is that it gives us the perpetual joy of something greater to look forward to a joyful kingdom celebration with the Lord Jesus because he gives forever joy. Amen, yeah. And we're taking this lesson from Gospel of John chapter 2 where the Lord Jesus famously turned water into wine at a wedding feast. And a big clue to interpreting and applying this miracle is remembering that in the Bible, wine is often a symbol of joy. Right. The people being married are obviously family friends of Mary there in John chapter 2. The Lord's mother and the Lord Jesus and his disciples are there too. And they run out of wine at the wedding feast. It's an embarrassment to the family hosting the wedding banquet. Mary asks the Lord to intervene. He does. He has them fill up some jars with water. He then turns the water into wine. And when the head waiter tastes it, he is impressed. The common custom, of course, was to serve the best wine first and use the cheap wine later when the guests wouldn't be as discerning. But what the Lord Jesus provided at the end was better. He kept the fine wine, the best wine, until the end. And the wine is a symbol of joy. We need to be upfront and honest. Um, being a Christian isn't easy. It's not all smiles. Sometimes it's actually quite hard. But we know the best wine, the greater joy, is yet to come. There is forever joy awaiting us in God's eternal kingdom. So thanks for tuning in today, friends, because this sign miracle that the Lord Jesus performs in John 2 teaches us that God is inviting you to a heavenly wedding feast. God is inviting you to a heavenly wedding feast. And let me jump back in here. Uh, notice that Matthew just called this miracle of turning water into wine a sign. That's what John uses for a word for Jesus's miracles. He calls them signs. A sign is something that signifies something else. It points to something. And like Matthew has just indicated, this particular sign miracle, the first one recorded by John, points to something better, a heavenly wedding feast. God's kingdom is like a wedding banquet, and wedding banquets are good times, and God's kingdom is going to be a good time, everlasting joy. Yeah, that's excellent, because John is recording this specific sign of Jesus 
not just to teach us that Jesus is powerful and the Son of God, but that we can trust the Lord Jesus to give us true joy. When the earthly wedding feast ran out of wine and ran out of joy, Jesus steps in and gives the best wine, and he gives the best joy. And just to further Mike's comment that this sign points to the wedding celebration in God's kingdom, when we are united with Christ forever, there's a fascinating little treasure hidden in the details here. While I'm sure it's possible that some people get carried away with this, numbers are significant in the Bible, especially the number seven. Seven is a number that signifies completion. Now, there's all sorts of lovely sevens in the Bible. Uh, The creation account in Genesis 1 is seven days, one complete week. When the Lord Jesus is crucified, he makes seven statements from the cross as he completes the work of redemption. Seven is completion. Now, John 2 verse 1 starts with the words, on the third day, a wedding took place. The third day. And three isn't seven, but it's begging the question, isn't it? Um, The third day of what? Third day since when? Right. And when you look at all the days that John mentions up to this point, while this is the third day since the last day he mentioned, it's actually the seventh day that John has spoken of in this gospel. And on this seventh day, you get a wedding banquet. Mm -hmm. So the God who arranges the Bible with all of its details is the God who arranges history. And the history of this world will reach its ultimate goal when the kingdom of heaven comes down to the earth, when Christ returns with his bride, the church. That's the completion of God's purpose for this present earth. And listen to one of the Lord's parables in Matthew 22. The kingdom of heaven, he says, is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. I like wedding banquets. Yeah, they're a good time. Excitement, emotion, joy, good food. I'm looking forward to a few this spring and summer, actually. But, but what a celebration it's going to be in the kingdom. At the marriage supper of God's son, Jesus, the Lamb of God. Revelation 19, verse 9. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb. And listen, friends, God wants you to be in on this. He wants you to look to the Lord Jesus for your joy today, knowing that the fine wine, the greatest joy, is yet to come in the kingdom You can book your seat at the heavenly wedding banquet by repenting and trusting Christ to save you from your sins. Don't miss it. Amen. And another cool thing is Luke 15 teaches us that there is joy in the presence of the angels in heaven when one sinner repents. So you could set off a celebration in heaven now if instead of trying to satisfy your heart with things that you do and things that you earn, you look to Christ and faith to save you today. When the Lord turned water into wine, it wasn't just an entertaining story. It's a sign. It points us to a better wedding banquet and a better joy that only life in Christ can give you. And a second point that we learn from this story is, uh, number two, earthly joys point to something greater. Earthly joys point to something greater. They drank much wine at the wedding feast. That's to say, they had some joy. But Jesus is the one who provided the fine wine. Because the joy he provides for us is better than any of the joys we create for ourselves on earth. God's salvation is so much more than just a fire escape from hell. Eternal life actually answers our innate thirst for joy. Yeah, C.S. Lewis, author of Chronicles of Narnia and Mere Christianity, brilliant thinker and writer. I think we often cite him on this podcast. He once said, joy is the serious business of heaven. People get into their heads that salvation is going to be a killjoy. Not so. Scripture says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
So sure, there are plenty of joys in this life, absolutely. But, but Lewis also perceptively points out that all earthly joy reminds us that we're actually longing for something that we don't yet fully have. He says, God speaks in our conscience. He shouts in our pains and suffering. But he's also whispering to us in our pleasures. He's telling us, this is good, but I've got something better for you. Wait till you get to heaven. Are you going to heaven, friend? Are you sure? Have you accepted God's invitation of life in Christ? Joy is the serious business of heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, something that brings me joy, Matthew, is, uh, well, I can remember a few times where I've stood beside my family and looked out at the sea from uh, Tynmouth, England, there in Devon, England, and just enjoyed the coastline and, and the hundreds of different, different colors in, in the water and so on. But imagine what it will be like to stand with the Lord who created it all and see a redeemed and renovated creation with even greater beauty than what we've seen here in this life. That will be the greater joy, the better wine. The joy we experience today, you know, maybe on a holiday, is, is just an appetizer to the forever joy of the kingdom. Sure, that's a good example. And as you mentioned, appetizers, something else that brings us joy, me at least, is a, is a good meal with family or friends at our table, maybe Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner especially. But, but wait till we see the banquet God prepares for us in heaven with myriads of multitudes of brothers and sisters in Christ, all rejoicing in the goodness of God to us. Or think of the joy and celebration when your team wins the Stanley Cup, which uh, once again will not be the Toronto Maple Leafs this year, or the joy when your athlete, you know, the one you were cheering for wins a gold medal and they're celebrating and you're celebrating, but there's a greater joy for the Christian in glory. Imagine receiving the crown of glory from the Lord Jesus and hearing him say, well done, enter into the joy of the Lord in the kingdom. Amen. So, What we're saying is the thirst and the need for more that the guests at the wedding feast in Cana had, it's pointing us to something. We need more than what this world can give us. The joys that this world gives are nice, but they're brief. God's joy to us is unending. Psalm 16 says, In God's presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. Doesn't that sound like something to look forward to, friend? What God wants to give you in Christ is not a killjoy. It's the ultimate answer to our thirst for joy. Well, this takes us to our third point, our final point. Uh, Number one, you said God is inviting you to a wedding feast in heaven. Then secondly, you said earthly joys point to something greater. Thirdly, the cup of joy that Christ gives never runs dry. We can trust Jesus Christ to be our joy. Some people are afraid to trust Christ because of what they will lose And there may be some things you will lose. I admit that. Salvation is repentance. It's going to produce a change in your life. But think of what you'll receive. Eternal life. It's the life of God within you today. And it is a life that is beyond the reach of death. Death can't steal this joy. The cup of joy that he gives never runs dry. And what could be a greater killjoy than death, right? We we feel cheated by old age and death. We want more joy but we get more frail. And sometimes death comes suddenly and snatches away joys in our youth. Death is the ultimate killjoy. But what a difference to know that there is an everlasting celebration on the other side of death. Matthew, um, my mind just goes to the passing, the recent passing of Tim Keller, uh, a man that you and I have appreciated and 
thousands have appreciated for his gospel ministry in New York City and how he was used of the Lord to to bring so many, um, you know, just business people in Manhattan and so on to faith in Christ. And and after a very successful career in writing and preaching and so on, um, he he just recently succumbed to to cancer. But just before he died, he came home for hospice care in in his home, I think it was. And he just had a simple message for his wife and family. He said, I just want to go see Jesus. I just want to be with Jesus. Yeah, so he was looking forward to what was on the other side. God's salvation is a great salvation. But wow, that's, that's when you really see it counts and how this cup of joy the Lord gives can give us a sweetness even in the bitterness of death. Jesus gives us a cup of joy that never runs dry. I love these words of Charles Haddon Spurgeon that I found recently. He said, it was the beginning of life to me when I saw Jesus dying in my place. And then later he says, but I can imagine you saying, brothers, in the first moment of that life to come, he has kept the best wine until now. Hmm. Yeah. When we see the man who died in our place, welcoming us into heaven, it's hard to fathom, but it will be true joy and, and a joy that will never end. And the Lord Jesus wants you to share in this. I think of his words in John 15. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. And again, friends, we aren't ignorant of the sorrows and disappointments and pains of life. Life is hard sometimes, whether you're a Christian or not. But that's the point. Far better to go through life having the Lord Jesus as your shepherd and friend and knowing you'll be with him in forever joy in the kingdom of heaven to come. So listen to his words to your heart today. John 6, he says, The one who comes to me, I will never cast out. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, Jesus says, All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest, peace, victory, life, joy, and remember, all of it forever. Amen. We pray that you will enjoy it. May the Lord bless you all. Amen.